Folks have asked questions about the future of BC football, recruiting, Jeff Halfley, and a whole bunch of other things. And I'm really excited today to get into your mailbag questions and going to answer all of them on today's episode of Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. AJ Black here, Locked On BC. Happy Thursday, everybody. Show. It's mailbag time. You had questions, we have answers. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. All right, so it's it's we're getting into the Clemson game, but I wanted to get a chance to answer your questions. And some of you had, actually all of you had some really great questions, and I want to get into some of the points that you brought up and, and, and discussion points, because it does take us a little bit off the beaten path from getting into the Clemson discussion, which we're going to get into on tomorrow's show with Mitch Wolf. Um, and, I mean, there's only so much you can talk about in terms of uh, a team getting smoked by uh, Clemson or what many of us assume is going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to be super negative about it, but let's go to our DMS first. Our first DM question came from BC football, Boston college football fans. Who's a rabid BC fan and a great fan of this podcast. Uh, he says, Hey AJ question. While it seems very unlikely he would ever return now, does Phil Dracovic have another year of eligibility left? I thought that was the case, but I'm not sure. He absolutely has one more year of eligibility left. Um, he, because of the COVID year, he could come back if he wanted to, he could transfer. He, you know, he could do a million different things. I, I don't think he's going to end up in the NFL this year. That's my, my gut is that, you know, the first five games, he looked, you know, not like a polished NFL quarterback yet. He looked more like it at times against Louisville, but again, made a lot of mistakes. And some of those mistakes, the NFL teams are going to go watch and go, okay, what's going on here? He needs to get more film out there. And this has been kind of the theme with Phil Dracovic for a couple of years now. Um, my guess is he comes back to college. I, I, I am still torn if he'd come back to BC. I think he likes it at BC, but it, it's almost more like does Halfley need to move on from Dracovic because it'll be year four of him, and you've got guys you have, you know, your de- guys that you're trying to develop that need their time in, even if he they're not ready. If no, Emmett Moorhead's not ready, do you go out there and you get a transfer portal instead of Dracovic? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they would do in this situation. So um, I, I think Dracovic is, is got one more year left, but my guess, my, my, if I were a betting man, I would bet this is his final year at Boston college. Now, if you're listening along with this and you're and you're like, Oh man, I wish I forgot to, to ask AJ a question and you're listening live on YouTube, hit the comment section right now. Um, and if you have questions that you didn't get a chance to ask, and this isn't live, Ask them in the comment sections anyways. I, I go through them. I respond back and I'm going to be happy to go through and, and answer some of your questions as well. So thank you for BC College football fans for that question about Phil Dracovic. Second question is a rabid uh, BC basketball fan. It is, <laughs> let me get his name right. It's BC Ball Reasonable Takes, formerly Hot Takes. 
Um, he's one of the leaders of the sicko movement, along with Martin Artest Jones and Beacon Street Blues, uh, Beacon Street Ball, excuse me, who asks, do you have any insight on Halfley's buyout and or how the structure could shape the future of the program? I find it hard to believe that it is overwhelmingly favorable in one direction, but I think they could restructure the deal after the season, assuming the final record is between three and nine and five and seven. Yeah. So I, I, I've been asked this a few times, especially when the team was playing, like what is Halfley's buyout? Because if you listen to, you know, um, Wisconsin or Colorado or Arizona state, you hear immediately what the buyout is for Herm Edwards or Paul Christ or whoever that just got fired because they're public universities. All of those contracts are public knowledge. All the details of those contracts are public knowledge. Unfortunately, we're one of those few private schools out there that gets to hide behind that, that wall of privacy. BC is never going to tell (laughs) BC is never going to say, what his buyout is that, you know, it's because it's, they're going to say it's between them, the two parties, Jeff Halfley, his lawyer and, or agent and Boston college. So unfortunately we'll never know that, you know, the only times that you hear about it is after the fact, right? I, you know, Pete Thamel, I think was the one that broke some of the details of, of Steve Adazio's, um, his, his buyout numbers, but, if I if I remember correctly, like he got it, and you know that those guys are getting it from somebody, right? You, I don't know if it's a school or an agent or something. They're not going to get out there and get it from the school. So unfortunately, this is one of those numbers that is just impossible to get. And so you can only guess. And I hate guessing on this because it's not fair to halfway. It's not fair to the school. It just is what it is, right? Like we'll just have to guess, you know, and just you know. It, it, figure out what happens when it happens. We'll, we'll find out after the fact. So uh, that's a good question. Thank you for checking in uh, BC ball reasonable takes who I'm sure is getting very excited for the start of basketball season, which kicks off against Dartmouth in just over a month. We're let, just over a month away from the start of BC men's basketball. So those were our f- first few couple of questions for today's show. Again, if you have some hit us up in the comment section right now, if you have not done so already, I say this all the time please make sure to hit that subscribe button and become a uh, YouTube subscriber. It is absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a cent to do that. It helps our podcast out tremendously. You get notified whenever we go live, if you hit the little bell. Um, it's a really big help for our podcast. And if you like this podcast, check out Locked on ACC with Candace Cooper. Um, I was on t- uh, yesterday's show talking about my power rankings and I don't have BC in last place anymore, but the top five was really interesting. And I I think if you like talking ACC sports, um, it's a great podcast to check out as well. And uh, it's part of this network. It's again, another nice 20 minute conversation that you can listen to. So in a moment, I'm going to dive even more into some of the mailbag questions uh, with some specifics about the football program that I think you're going to want to hear. But before we get into that, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code Locked On, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside's check-in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. 
Upside users are earning more than three, uh, earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. It's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Locked on. All right. Locked on BCAJ Black here. And we are talking about all your mailbag questions. You guys had some great mailbag questions that you submitted to me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC and uh, on the other podcast, I mean, on my podcast Twitter as well. Let's get into some of the questions that you had uh, that came up um, on Twitter. So let's first go to a question from, I believe it's Oliver. And Oliver wanted to know, have I adjusted my expectations for the end of the year? Sorry, I'm losing my question here. Where is it? There it goes. It was under show more replies. What is a bold prediction you have about the rest of the season and next season? My bold prediction. So I've already tanked on my predictions that the offensive line would be uh, serviceable. My bold prediction is that um, Christian Mahogany is going to return at some point. I think he'll be back. And I think the offensive line is going to continue to get better. I think I liked what I saw from Jackson Ness. I, I'm not going to put much leverage into what happens this weekend. Um, and I'll get into whether I think BC is going to cover the spread or not. But it it's a tough, that's a tough one. But I still think BC has a couple wins left in their schedule. UConn being one of them. But I want to go on the record and say that I think BC has one exciting win left a win that will really feel good. And I got a couple that I'm, I have circled right now. Now Duke. Yeah. Duke is four and one and that's exciting, but I'm not, I'm still not all in on Duke yet. And so I won't consider that an exciting win, even though it could be, I'm looking at two teams right now, Notre Dame and Syracuse. Notre Dame is a mess and no one expected Notre Dame to be a mess going into the season. I certainly didn't. I thought I was buying in on Marcus Freeman hard, going into this year. Now they're down to their second string quarterback. Now they're looking like they could possibly lose to BYU this weekend. I have a sneaking, my, my big hot take, my steaming hot take is that Mahogany will be back. You have a decent offensive line. You can move some things around and get your good guys out there. BC should be able to move the ball against that defense. I think BC might beat Notre Dame. There's my hot take. My second hot take if that doesn't happen, my other one I'm going for is that BC may have a top 25 win in their future. If they can get things straightened out again, this is all based on them straight things out. If they go back to the way they were playing a couple of weeks ago for the rest of the season, this is not going to happen. I'm just saying I saw something and I think they will progress. And if they progress, they could beat a top 25 Syracuse to end. So how would that, like, how would that flip the, the, the narrative of the season, right? Maybe you don't make a bowl game. You go five and seven, but you end the top 25 drought. You beat Notre Dame and ends that drought. And you have like, so that's like two signature wins in the last month. That gives you some momentum. Yeah. Again, it stinks. You're not making a bowl, but you, you did two things that your program really needed to do. That's my two. That's my two hot takes. Those are my hot takes going to the end of the season. Now watch, they'll go to Notre Dame and lose 45 to seven or something crazy like that. And then Syracuse will run for 300 yards on them. But I'm going to, I'm going to go with that for now. That's my hot take for the end of the season uh, for positives. 
again, like there's games that I have already looked at and went, yep, they're not winning that. And those are Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State. I don't I don't see BC having a chance in any of those games. Wake Forest's offense is too good. Clemson's well too is elite again. And NC State, I think, is just too good. So I think that's where they're at. And that'll get you to six losses. And I, you know, they'd have to be perfect going out from there. And that's that's tough. That is tough. But that's that's what I'm looking at. Thank you for the question. And I think you had a second part was um, no, I actually answered all that. So um, Abe Ataya fan club uh, who has some expletives after it wants to ask, does Halfley get canned at the end of the season? If we go three or three and nine or worse? Well, no, he's not getting canned. I mean, I know folks want to know about Jeff Halfley getting fired. If the season just goes completely backwards, the only thing that would happen that would end with Jeff Halfley being hired after this year is if there's something that we don't know about something that isn't being reported and because it can't be about some sort of like chaos behind the locker room. And I don't get the sense that that's happening. Like, like if there was like complete unrest, like the players have like sold out, you know, like they're not buying into his message anymore. They've completely tuned him out. There's like drama. So, you know, he's lost the locker room. There's some big scandal that's brewing. That's the only way Halfway is leaving after this year. I know the season's been really disappointing, but I just don't. I mean, you guys know what BC's like. This isn't just me saying this. You know the program that you follow, right? BC held on to Steve Adazio, what, like two, three years long? They held on to Jim Christian too long. They hold on to coaches too long. This is not a program that really will pull the trigger as fast as sometimes they should. And even if Halfley, if if BC, if last week was like a fluke because they had three turnovers and they played like crap, but they go back to that and this is what happens, I still don't see it. I still see him having at least one more year. Um, and I think that's it. I don't, I don't see him getting fired. I don't see, I don't see Halfley going anywhere after this season. Um, and that's, that's kind of the last point on that. Uh, and Benoit wants to know, thanks for the mention the other day regarding Anwuka. Great performance. Love seeing Gil more involved against Louisville. Do you anticipate a cognate cognate effort to get him more involved against Clemson? Don't believe there's been a game with three plus guys having more than two plus catches. Yeah. I mean, I think Halfley has talked a lot about this, that like they need to move the ball around and they did a nice job with it last week. Right. They had 10 guys, 10 receivers with, with catches, but you're right. They haven't, they haven't had many with multiple catches. If I remember correctly, Jalen Gill had a huge catch. uh, Maybe the last two seasons against Clemson definitely had one last year. Um, Yeah. I think it was both seasons. He's had big catches. If Clemson, if Dabo is is as serious about um, his respect for Zay and, and really looking at what they need to do to stop him and all that good stuff, you're right. There's going to be more open matchups there. Again, all of this is is dependent on if BC can block in front of them. If, if Jacobic's running for his life, it doesn't really matter. Right. He's not going to have time to make progressions. And that's when guys like Jalen Gill and Jaden Williams never see the ball, because if if Jakovic goes back to pass and there's six guys in his lap, he doesn't have time to go past his first read, which is a flowers every single time. So BC needs to the, the offensive line needs to play well. If the offensive line plays well, then, yeah, Jaden, Jalen Gill, Jaden Williams, Joseph Griffin, so, you know, whoever they have at, at tight end. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Those guys are all going to have 
uh, more looks, but I'm not sure. I, I still, and I'm going to get into this more tomorrow. I am still stuck on where I'm going with this game. Like the, the magic of the red bandana game. Yeah. I get sucked into the lore and this stuff. I'm sorry, folks. I do. Is that enough to keep BC into this? And BC's played Clemson really well the last two seasons. You know, there were only six point dogs both years. I mean, and they only lost by six points both years. Or am I going to look at the trenches, which is where I really need to keep my head at. And there is such a mismatch there. You know, BC is dead last in almost every metric and on the offensive line against a, a defensive line, which honestly hasn't played to their potential, but could. And there's, there's too much talent there to say that they're not going to kill BC. So, you know, I think that's going to be the big matchup. And if that matchup falls apart, then it doesn't matter if Jalen Gill's ready or, or Jalen Gill's involved because he's never going to get the ball. So that's a great question. And thank you so much, and Benoit, for that. And I love getting your uh, your questions and your comments all the time on the podcast. So um, we had one other question. <laughs> it was um, from DJ. Um, and I don't, I've lost his last name who wanted to know, will BC ever make stadium seating in alumni stadium? And this goes back to my last point when I was just saying about, you guys know about BC and coaching and how re- uh, reticent they are of moving on when they should. I mean, folks, is BC going to put of money into put st- seating into a stadium? Do you really think they're going to do that? I don't. I think they're very happy with putting in stadium seating for their donors, which they're doing right now. If you go there and you see those seat, their seat backs for the donors that actually put money down for them and their rest, they're, they're, um, they're happy for the plebes to just go out there and, and sit on, on iron benches for the rest of the season. They don't, they don't care. Um, so I don't see that ever happening. Honestly, it, it, that it would make it nicer there, but, there's so many other bigger issues with this pro with the stadium and this program. I, I don't, I don't honestly care about the, the aluminum benches. You bring it, you bring your seat backs. If you need it, you bring those little cushions or, or blankets, you, you, you get past it. It's, it is what it is. Right. Um, I, my, my list of alumni stadium things is better concourses and, and concessions, which still needs to happen. Cause it's still not good. Um, and then bathrooms in the upper deck for those upper deck folks. I, I, I in the last couple of years, I've done it a few times. And I'm like, this is torture. So I, I feel for those folks too. So thank you for all your questions. In our last segment, Jeff Halfley had some really interesting comments on Tuesday and Wednesday that really gave some updates on injuries. I think you guys really need to hear some of the stuff um, to give you a better perspective of where BC is going to be at heading into Saturday's big matchup with the Clemson Tigers. All that and more in just a moment. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. Thank you for making Locked on Boston College your first listen. We are your team every day. Uh, if someone asked me, they were like, hey, AJ, you know, are, are, are there other podcasts like yours for BC? And I'm like, no, there's not. There's folks out there that do it and they do a nice job. Fourth and Dude, I love listening to their stuff. They do a nice job. And I was just saying, you know, BC ball, uh, Hot Takes, they have a great podcast for basketball. There's folks out there that do this stuff. But we're the only ones that do it daily. Um, and some people say I'm insane. And I say, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> so uh, thank you all who have who listen every day. I can see it. I can see all the listens. You guys are you guys are fantastic. Um, but to, to end our, our segment, our show today, I wanted to get into injury updates because there's quite a few 
from Jeff Hathley uh, that he gave during his press conferences. And you probably know where things are at. So the the let's start with the bad news. There's two big bad news that we need to get into. That is Finn Durstein, who is out. He's doubtful to play. Um, if Jeff Hathley comes out and says he's doubtful to play, there's no way he's playing. And I and I wonder how bad the injury is if Jeff Hathley comes out and says that because, you know, he uses a lot of coach speak and he usually likes to keep people guessing. And so um, I, it doesn't sound like Durstein is going to play. Jackson Ness most likely will play at, at guard. Uh, he had a great game against Louisville. He had the, I think he had the highest rank rating according to pro football focus at uh, on the offensive line. So it's not a big loss. Ness Ness seems to have picked things up. That's a good, that's a good thing there. Um, so hopefully that's a, some decent depth returning there, but you know, Durstein's not a bad, he, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't one of the big issues with that offensive line. So um, he will be most likely out. The other offensive lineman who's been battling issues is Ozzy Trapillo, uh, who had that lower leg injury against Rutgers. He returned, played uh, some snaps against Florida State, played the whole game against Louisville. Uh, he's been held out of practice, but it sounds like it's like more of a maintenance thing for BC from BC staff. Like they know what they got from him. They want to make sure that he's ready to play a whole game, which I think is very valuable because the the uh, drop off. I do not want to see Nick Thomas against Clemson's defensive line. I, I'm sorry, folks. I just don't want to see it. So Trapillo needs to play that whole game. Uh, and so if he doesn't have to practice and do full, you know, go full swing, fine. Get him out there. Um, you know, have him stretch, do whatever, and then sit him down because you need him for Saturday's game. That was the other injury. The other bad news, and this is more me reading into it, is George Takis. Um, he is hopeful. He has not practiced. Halfley is hopeful that Takis will be ready on Wednesday to return to practice. Hopeful seems to be a word that is very popular in the half Halfley lexicon. Um, and I, again, he's a great guy. I find the word, I, I, it, it's meaningless because it can mean a bunch of different things and it's not a knock on him. I just don't find it very useful because it, he's, is it hopeful because there's no chance? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't lead to any um, a result from what he says. Like sometimes it'll be hopeful and then the guy plays and then sometimes he'll, so like, it doesn't give you any insight is what I'm trying to get at here. So I get the sense I just got set my gut here. The fact that Takis was in street clothes and a boot um, against Louisville after he got hurt in the second quarter strikes me as there's no chance he's playing. Um, we won't get to see because the, the media doesn't, isn't there for the next couple of days. Um, we'll just have to wait for Pete Thamel's tweet. I'm sure we'll get a tweet probably like an hour before to kick off where Pete Thamel gets the scoop and tells everyone that, you know, Takis is out. Um, but he's, out. he's, you know, questionable. I guess you'd leave it at questionable right now. Uh, and that again, tight end positions get kind of interesting, right? They lost Joey Lucchetti in the preseason. He's gone. He's done with football. He had a head injury. He's done. Or, uh, not head injury. Oh, was it head injury? I forget what it was. Um, but he's good. He's done. If Takis is out, now you're looking at Spencer Witter, Jeremiah Franklin, Charlie Gordon, who was hurt as well, according to Halfley. He's back though. And then Quintavious Hutchins, who you know, you've heard them say he, he mentions him as Q, uh, who's had some good plays on special teams. Uh, he's a defensive lineman, uh, but he's an athlete. I, that's what I heard about him when he was recruited. He's an athlete. He's a guy that can do a lot of different things. So he's like the emergency tight end. Um, Matthew Reagan 
is the other tight end that was recruited out of Lawrence Academy this year. I'm guessing they're trying to keep his red shirt. Maybe he just needs to get more into college tight end shape and readiness. Jeremiah Franklin might've been more towards that end. Um, but it's interesting. Like they're having that much issue at tight end depth that they're going to for a possible position change. But again, that's like, I think that's more on the emergency end. you got enough guys that can kind of fill that. Uh, so that was another injury update. Another one. I mean, gosh, it's been like, they're getting banged up all over the place, but that's football. It's what happens, right? CJ Burton who left Saturday's game uh, was replaced by Josh DeBerry who played outside cornerback. He usually plays nickel. And then on top of that, they moved Jason Matry from safety to nickel uh, to Nickelback, right? And which is interesting because he had the highest grade for a um, defender on Pro Football Focus. Uh, Burton sounds like he's all set and ready to go. In addition, BC's getting more of their their troops back at the, on the defensive backside because Amari Jackson, who's been out for a while, I think he was the one that was sick. And then Jalen Sheik, who was the one that was banged up. I forget. There was one that was banged up, one that was sick. But they're both back. That's all that matters. Amari Jackson's the freshman. He played a little bit at the beginning of the season. He's been out for a while. Jalen Sheik is a redshirt freshman. Also uh, played a little bit and has been out for a while. So BC, I mean, obviously you want to have all your troops in hand against Clemson. So there's ups and downs there, right? Obviously the offensive line is going to get hit a little bit, the tight end position. But defensive back you're going to have some more of your guys out there that's a good sign so on tomorrow's show we'll be joined by mitch mitch and i will get into our discussion of predictions i believe last i checked on bet online it's a 20.5 point spread for this game i'm interested to hear mitch's thoughts on if he would take that spread or not because i have i have yet to be able to make a decision on that one because like i am so waffling between two different outcomes in this game You'll have to wait and see what we say about it because it's going to be an interesting conversation. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Uh, you can follow the site show, the show on Twitter as well at Locked On BC. We are your only BC podcast that does this daily. Thank you all for listening. I hope to talk to you again soon. Have a great one. Cheers, everyone. Take care.